You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. The question is, why on Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, do we call it Easter, which is a name of a pagan god, Ishtar, or Ishtar, or Ishtar? Why do we do that? Why do we call it Easter when it's really the resurrection of Jesus, a name of a false god? We'll talk about that this morning. Are you excited? All right. Well, Easter, the time of Easter, spring, is usually when people do spring cleaning, right? I mean, it's where the thrift stores and the Salvation Army gets their most, all their inventory for the entire year. Because for, for once in the year, we, we actually clean around our house and maybe even move the fridge and be like, oh, my gosh, what's that? And actually clean behind there. Um, we dress up on, uh, you know, sometimes we wear our Easter best. Our, we wear our Sunday best to to, to, to church, although around here at New Life, you're fine at jeans and t-shirt. I'm wearing ho- jeans with holes in them, my holy jeans. <laughs> but you could get away with that at New Life Church. And on Easter Sunday, a lot of people will uh, wear their Easter bests or even dress up their babies. I have a couple pictures of some babies. It's so precious. So precious, isn't it? There's the... Oh, Tony, you on. Do the, do the next one with the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> This, this third one is, is, this kid looks like he's having the time of his life. Uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll dress up, we'll dress up ourselves, we'll dress up, we'll put on kind of our outside best and come to Easter service, especially those, you're all here this Sunday, which is great, um, but on Easter Sunday, there will be a lot of people that are kind of unchurched or only go to church once a year or twice a year, C and E, Christmas and Easter uh, my mom used to call them C and E Christians, Christmas and Easter. Um, but they'll come in a couple of weeks, and people that are usually unchurched, and they'll dress up, and they'll dress up their babies like those little <laughs> Easter bunnies. And uh, they'll come and, and be clean, and, and it's a time when you get a new dress and put on the new dress or a new suit, and it's a time of um, just newness and cleanness. I remember a couple years ago, it was probably like 2001, when I first came to New Life Church, I was into uh, just like camping every single weekend. Um, in fact, me and my friends, can't get this, we camped outside starting like in the summer. We camped outside um, uh, every weekend for 31 weekends in a row. It's uh, either Friday night or Saturday night. One of those two nights we would camp and we had like a record of like 31 nights in a row, which like in the summer is cool, but then like towards the fall and then winter, those weeks are still kind of going and it'd get really cold. And... Uh, I think there's a picture of me like by a campfire, loving life, <laughs> eating something. <laughs> um, and, and so I came to Sunday service, which was we would come, we would, we would usually camp Saturday night. And instead of going home, we'd just come straight to church and smell like a campfire. And, and, and people would be like, dude, you smell like a campfire. And we're like, yeah, we know. Smell like a campfire. Just camping. No big deal. We're campers. Um, and so we came to church. Uh, I, think it was, I think we camped, and then my buddy went home, but, but I just went straight to church and totally forgot that it was Easter Sunday. And so I came smelling like a campfire. <laughs> my hands are all dirty, and uh, like my hair's got like hat head and sleeping bag head. And uh, um, I was literally, I was really ashamed and, and quite embarrassed that all these people, you know, had their kids dressed up like Easter bunnies. And I was there, dirty, smelling like a campfire, which on another week I would have thought was cool. But I came Easter Sunday, and everybody's dressed up, and I really did. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed that I was 
that I was so dirty in church, literally. Um, and I remember during worship, I had a thought. And um, how many of y'all believe that some thoughts can come from God himself? That God can give you a word or God can give you a bit of encouragement? And I was, I was in worship and I thought, I, I, kind of ashamed, kind of like thinking, should I just leave and get in my car and go home for the day and not, not attend church? Um, but in worship, I had this thought, which I believe is from God, that, that this is how God wants us to come before him. That he wants us to come, that it's okay to come before God dirty. It's okay to come before God um, not right for your outsides, for, for people to see you as, as kind of a stinking, camping <laughs> young adult. That, that God is okay with you coming to him dirty because it's in him, in Jesus, that you're cleaned from the inside out. And so I prayed a prayer that, that morning during worship. I said, God, God, would you clean me from the inside out? God, would you clean me and just, and, and just allow me to be in your presence? And I felt an overwhelming sense of confidence and power in the Holy Spirit that I was okay being there on Easter Sunday, even though I looked like a camper, because, uh, <laughs> because it was Jesus himself cleaning us from the inside out. And so, um, so yeah, so... I think a good representation of Easter is uh, this candy right here. Peeps are gross. Don't cheer. Do not cheer. These are so gross. Let me open them up. I have a little pocket knife here. Yeah, they're so gross. How could you, you really like peeps? How many people don't like peeps? See, that's what I'm talking about. Peeps are gross. They're disgusting. They're really sick. Um, I'll, pr- I'll prove to you in just a second that peeps are disgusting. See, on the outside, uh, on the outside, these peeps look, they do look cute. On the outside, they're covered in sugar. They look delicious. A little chocolate eyes and a, and a nose. I guess it's chocolate. It's probably some random chemical. Um, <laughs> but it looks like it should be a good candy, right? But on the inside, it's dead grossness. <laughs> Let me prove it to you. Are you ready? <laughs> so I'm going to put them in there. These are just regular peeps. They look good on the outside, but the inside is really gross. And so as you, as you, I hopefully you could, if you can't see, uh, you'll just have to do this at home and, and take my word for it. Um, but watch what happens when you just simply microwave them. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Are they growing? Oh, this is nothing. Just wait. Just you wait. <laughs> Have you ever done this before? It's so fun. You can do this for hours. There's, there's something demonic inside the peep. It's just so gross. Here, I'll pull it out and uh, show everybody. Here, flip the lights on. That, that is it's just four. Look at that. That's what's going into your body. It's so gross. The eyes are still, there's like some kind of molten chemical. And so what you think is really nice on the outside and pretty is... It, it stinks. It smells. Do you smell that? It smells like burning marshmallows. <laughs> it's it's just gross. It's horrible. And so that's, um, 
So on Easter Sunday, uh, on Resurrection Sunday, we, we need to be less like peeps and more like a spiritual individuals that allow Jesus to clean us from the inside out. Well, I have one more treat for you. Are you ready? Uh, we're going to do a discussion. And the discussion question for yourselves at your tables or if you're sitting at chairs um, kind of around your area, somewhere or under your table or around your area is an Easter egg. And in this Easter egg is your discussion question. <laughs> Did you find it? They're all around the room. We had, we had the Easter bunny came here. <laughs> your discussion question is, is just quite simply, what are some things that have nothing to do with Jesus, but have everything to do with Easter. So you can put Easter bunny, Easter baskets, peeps. Uh, keep the list going. Ready, get set, go. I don't know. I was gonna, but it just sick. <laughs> All right, do you have some uh, fun things on your list? You get the Easter bunny on there? Do you get peeps? You get like Easter dresses, Easter ca- every sort of Easter candy, like the Cadbury eggs and bunnies. and it, You get the Easter egg hunts? Did you get the coloring of the Easter eggs? Did you get the um, uh, Easter baskets and that grass stuff? When I was a kid, for some reason, I got an Easter basket as a kid, and there's all this candy and stuff. But I wanted to eat the Easter grass, like the grass. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. And I saw this candy. My mom and dad are like, what is wrong with this kid? Um, but that's what I did. I want to talk about, in your notes, it says uh, the pagan traditions. So, this is probably what you, what you wouldn't get in a normal, uh, on Easter Sunday when everybody's in their Easter best. Uh, the pastor probably won't talk about the god Ishtar um, for obvious reasons. It's just kind of a bad news uh, kind of guy, but um, we're gonna. This is the Mill Sunday School, so we usually go another step into like some of the traditions. We did this for the for the real Christmas a couple months ago, and uh, the pagan traditions have a lot more to say about the Easter Bunny and coloring eggs and all that kinds of stuff. Let me give you some details just for fun. Uh, a god named Ashtar first appeared in uh, ancient Egypt around 1500 BC. Remember last month we were going over Joseph. That was like 1500 B.C. in Egypt. I think there's a picture of Ashtar, which is the god on the, see, it would be the god on the right with all, like, all the, it's like, actually not god, goddess. It's a, it's a female god of, of Egypt. Um, and this god began, that's the first time we see this god in history, and it's going to begin to evolve through different cultures, through different um, segments of history and different people groups. There's, there's, this god is going to kind of 
resurrect itself and people are going to continue worshiping it, but the name is going to change a little bit. In Egypt, it's called Ashtar. Um, as, you, as you probably know where we're going with this, since Ashtar sounds kind of like Easter, right? Similar, similar sounding. Um, and then in, in the, so that's Egypt, more Mesopotamian, Middle Eastern culture, um, the god kind of got transformed into Ash, Ashtor, which is in the Bible. If you want to turn to Judges 10, um, it's this similar God that, um, that God has something to say about. Uh, J- Judges 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 6. Just to, I'm just going to read this one verse for you. Judges is like way back in the Old Testament. It's pretty sweet. Um, and the verse says this. Again, the Israelites, so it's Judges 10, 6. 10, 6, if you're still flipping there. It says this, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, Yahweh. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Baals. They, they served the Ashtoreths. Do you see that word? That's similar saying the goddesses of Ashtar, which is, which is the god, similar, very similar god. I mean, the, we're kind of talking about the evolution of a god from one society to another, from one period of time to another period of time. But it says that they served the Baals, the Ashtoreths, the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, the gods of the Philistines. And because Israel forsook the Lord and no longer served him, he became angry with them. So here I just meant to show you that to show you that this God is present in the Bible as a, a bad guy. Clearly got the Israelites started worshiping Ashtor instead of the God of Israel. And then the same God, Ashtor, kind of becomes Ishtar in the Babylonian age, in the Babylonian time. It's Ashtar. And uh, this God is no good. He's a Middle Eastern God of, um, begin, goddess, excuse me, of fertility and sexuality. And um, human sacrifices were done to this God, this God of fertility, this God of sexuality. And um, it's almost grotesque to, to talk about or even to think about, but... but Sometimes baby sacrifices were made to this god of Ishtar. I mean, talk about a very backward, horrible, paganistic society worshiping this god of sexuality and fertility. This god, Ishtar, is, is in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Have you heard that story before? It's, um, I think that's, is that me? Just like, let me put it here, see if that helps. Test. Um, uh did you read the Epic of Gilgamesh in high school when you were doing like your uh, English lit class? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've read the Epic of Gilgamesh. This god is in there, and this god, Ishtar, because Epic of Gilgamesh is like B.C. 2000. Um, this god is in that story. Ishtar is in this, the goddess. Ishtar is in there, and she um, proposes marriage to Gilgamesh, the hero. And so... Um, it's usually not, a, I mean, it's kind of more of a cultural thing, but it's usually not a good idea for the girl to propose marriage to the guy. Um, <laughs> it's just not how we roll. It's not how they rolled back then either. And um, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, they, Gilgamesh says, no, I won't marry you. And then Ishtar gets really mad, of course. Uh, Why won't you marry me? And so she sends all her demonic little demon forces onto Gilgamesh to attack him. And uh, isn't, isn't, a very nice, isn't a very nice goddess. Um, Ishtar um, kind of begins to go, the worship of Ishtar go, goes into northern Europe, and she is the mother god, the god still of fertility, a god that went down into the underworld, into Hades, into hell, um, and brings up every spring, she goes down there and brings up life into the real world, into the realm 
uh, that we live in. So she, this is the goddess that goes down and brings up life into, uh, into the real world every springtime. And, and if you know a little bit about ast- astronomy, you know that the sun, uh, the earth goes around the sun. Did you know that? And, um, and it's like an a, a elliptical orbit. And so did you know this? It's kind of weird to think about. But when the sun is furthest away from, when, when the earth is furthest away from the sun is actually our winter time. Did you know that? So you always thought like the, the sun is closer, to, the earth is closer to the sun, but it's really in the winter, in the summer. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know my astronomy. <laughs> Struggling up here. Uh, but it's, it's the... It's the fall and the spring when the, when the earth is halfway around. And obviously the spring coming around brings about all new life for the summer and for the harvest and for the, for the springtime. And, and lots of little baby things are being born around the springtime. And so this goddess was celebrated right around the spring equinox, which is you can figure that out if you look at the sun and uh, st- <laughs> study the sun and all that kind of fun stuff. The the spring equinox is the exact day, the exact minute when the earth is halfway between winter and summer. And so they would worship this god of Ishtar all over, all over northern Europe on the spring day. And uh, it's not until some of the modern day uh, celebrations were taken into account by, uh, have you heard of the Grimm brothers, the fairy tale, Grimm fairy tales? They're, they're pretty popular for taking really old stories, stories that are way old, uh, these guys were around in the 1800s, but they took really old stories like Snow White, uh, Rapunzel, Hansel and Gretel. They took those stories and made them contemporary 1800s and kind of retold them. Well, they took they wrote about like 200 or more stories, fairy tales like that, taking old stories and bringing them to life in the 1800s. But it wasn't. Uh, but they took a story of Ishtar and said that Ishtar uh, that a bunny gave Ishtar beautiful colored eggs and ishtar this goddess made this bunny immortal and nowadays we have the easter bunny kind of coming from those stories that if you're a kid you could uh make take a basket and kind of make it fluffy and nice and and put it outside your home and and that would be a nest for bunnies to come and since bunnies don't lay eggs i don't know that bunnies (laughs) bunnies come and they they bring eggs that the the magical bunnies would come and nest in your little like a little bunny nest that you put outside and bring you nice, colorful eggs. And, um, and so that's where we get some of the stories, some of the traditions of Easter bunnies. And uh, I think the bunny, since Ishtar is the goddess of fertility, um, there's a saying that, uh, <laughs> there's a saying, mating like rabbits, because they, they literally mate like rabbits. Um, I don't need to explain that, do I? Okay. Um, <laughs> please don't. Um, and so it's no coincidence that the, that the bunny becomes this, this image of Ishtar, this image of fertility. And so in all that, as we just kind of, that's kind of bad news, right? I mean, why do we call Easter, Easter after this god Ishtar, Ashtar in the Egyptian world? What in the world are we doing, right? I mean, there's verses that, that talk about in, in Psalms, David says, Psalm 16, verse 4, says, I will not even utter the name of another God in my lips. In the Message Bible, the message in Psalm 16, 4 says, I don't go shopping for a God. Gods are not for sale. I swear I will never treat God names like brand names. 
is what uh, is what the Message Bible says. I was, I was searching on the internet. There's always like um, seems like I don't know if they're like party pooper Christians or something. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say that. Uh, there, there's this Christian. There's actually lots of Christian websites that really are anti anti Easter and all it stands for. And I, I was going to read this for you. It, it says Satan is the master deceiver. He has filled the lives of well-meaning professing Christians with idolatry. These things bring wrath of God upon children of disobedience who try to make pagan customs of ball worship into Christianity. You will answer for your activities and what you teach your children. These custom of, customs of Easter, honoring Baal, who is Satan, and still being worshipped as the rising sun or in the, and is the house of the rising sun. And he says, how many churches have sunrise services on Ishtar's day facing the rising sun in the east? How many will use coloring eggs and rabbit stories as did those in ancient Babylon? And then, and then they just throw in this statement at the end. These are the last days. <laughs> um, but, but I think there's something to be said of just questioning, wait, yeah, why do we have an Easter bunny? Where does that come from? Why do we call the Resurrection Sunday Easter Sunday after this god Ishtar? And, and the real answer comes from missionaries going to the Anglo-Saxons, the northern European tribes, bringing Christianity to them. And as they would celebrate every springtime, this huge festival with newness and cleanness and, and spring cleaning, and um, they would do worship towards this goddess of fertility and sexuality. They would do all these ceremonies and big festivals honoring this god. As Christians went up and, and said, you know, we have another tradition around this Easter time, same as yours, but it's of of our God, of Christ being resurrected from the dead. Lots of similar ideas about springtime and new life appearing. And so as as Christians, and maybe well-meaning Christians, by the way, bring the story of Jesus, the good news of Jesus to these pagan tribes, maybe there was a kind of a combination of the two. Well, if you're going to worship Easter, worship at this time that you usually celebrate Ishtar, well, why don't we celebrate and worship Jesus and bring that into their culture, kind of using their culture to bring Jesus into um, that, that festival days. And um, so it seems like maybe there were some well-meaning Christians that did that back in like the, the second and the third centuries, bringing Christ to these people that were celebrating spring and saying, let's celebrate Jesus instead. And so... Um, I, we, me and Erica were kind of making decisions about like our kids and what are we going to teach our kids around Easter in light of some of the research that I've been doing and thinking about Easter and, and what Easter really symbolizes. I think we came to the conclusion that uh, we're going to maybe joke around about the Easter bunny and, and kind of have uh, fun with the idea of eggs around the house. But I don't think we're going to teach our kid that a magical bunny comes to the house and delivers those eggs. <laughs> Um, it just it seems to me like it takes away from the message of Christ. And um, and by the way, uh, when when Christmas rolls around, Erica is very strong still that we're going to celebrate Santa. <laughs> so I don't know. Is there a difference between Santa and Easter? But Santa's just more important, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so Easter Bunny kind of takes second seat to Santa anyways. And so... Um, <laughs> But we've kind of decided a couple of things. We're not going to celebrate and tell our kids about the Easter Bunny specifically. We're not going to, to if, you, if you all begin to have kids and, and celebrate the Easter Bunny, we're not going to tell you that you're going to hell or uh, anything like that. Uh, but that's what, kind of what we decided. 
uh, I kind of personally kind of decided I'm going to at least try, and I, I'm sure I'll mess up a lot, but I'm going to, instead of calling it Easter Sunday, I'm going to start calling it Resurrection Sunday. I know a lot of you do that anyways, but I, I've just kind of, I think that's kind of a, I mean, why give glory, why just say the name of this other God on, on this Resurrection Day of Jesus? So uh, I know everybody says Easter, and so I'll probably call it Easter Sunday a few times and mess up, but I really want to call it Resurrection Sunday. I mean, it seems to me like you could call it anything but Easter is probably better. Like call it call it Spirit Day or Jesus Day or WWJD Day. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of that's that that's what I've kind of ta- just personally what I've taken from this um, is to to call it Resurrection Sunday and to to not really bring up the Easter Bunny with our with our family if, when we have kids later on down the line. Um, here's what some things we are still going to do uh, is Easter sunrise services are pretty sweet. Uh, chocolate Easter bunnies, they're amazing. Uh, Easter baskets and just the whole idea of coloring eggs and having fun and decorating for the spring and spring cleaning is fun. Um, but we, I still refuse to have these in the house. <laughs> the peeps are still, I just don't like them. They're gross. They, they symbolize everything of badness in Easter. <laughs> I hope you know I'm half kidding, by the way. Um, let me, let, half. <laughs> but there is, um, uh, there's a tradition of spring cleaning that I wanted to talk about just real quick. Um, the spring cleaning is, is pretty cool in that, how many of you all do spring cleaning? Is it like part of your, your home tradition? In some way or the other. I mean, it just get, begins to be nice outside and you, it's just a good time to clean and open up the windows and clean stuff that didn't get clean all winter. Um, <laughs> but uh, spring cleaning may come from this tradition of the of the Jew. Remember, I, we talked about. Um, uh, well, in a couple Sundays, we'll talk about the Jewish traditions surrounding Passover, and it was the Passover dinner that Jesus ate with his disciples on that Thursday night. Um, but that Passover meal, also in the Old Testament, is called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Have you heard that before? That phrase, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and all that week. Uh, Jewish people, even today, won't eat any uh, bread with leaven in it. And leaven is just an old term for yeast. And in the ancient culture, and still, I mean, even Jesus said, the yeast of the Pharisees. Remember him saying stuff like that? The yeast, yeast is a symbol of sin. And so during this, this, this feast of unleavened bread, the Passover, another name for it, um, Jews wouldn't make any bread with yeast in it. And so their bread would turn out like, like, have you seen matzah, what matzah looks like? It's, it's a cracker, basically. You could take a cracker, and uh, in a year from now, you could probably still eat that cracker, right? I mean, it's cracker, crackers just stay in your cupboard. You don't have to refrigerate them. They're just crackers. They don't go bad, right? Uh, crackers is unleavened bread, bread without yeast in it. Um, and so it stays very long. And so in this celebrating Passover, you know that the Passover is when um, the Jews were exiled out of Egypt and literally running through their lives throughout the desert. They couldn't have bread with leaven in it, like like a loaf of bread. How long does a loaf of bread last? I mean, a couple of weeks at the most, uh, maybe a month. You're, if you're eating two-month-old bread, you're probably struggling. Um, <laughs> so this Feast of Unleavened Bread is to remind the Jewish people that they had to run for their lives out of Egypt into the desert with the food that they had, which was crackers that could stay good over over this period of time. And so during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Jews will go through their entire house 
and get rid of any yeast or anything with yeast in it. Throw out any bread, breadcrumbs, anything. No speck of yeast in their house. They'll sweep, if yeast was spilt at some point, the, the, the house would be swept and swept again to make sure that no, literally no yeast at all was in the house. They do a deep spring cleaning to get that yeast out of the house in the ancient times and still today many jews will take on that custom and it's believed that that our tradition of spring cleaning kind of stems from that watching other people clean their house and you're like yeah i guess i should clean my house too um (laughs) is how that tradition kind of came about and i think this idea of cleaning is is really important not just in wearing your easter best and and getting clean physically which which isn't as important as allowing Jesus to clean you from the inside out. And, and, and I think it's easy for me as a, as a pastor of New Life to, for, for a lot of people to see me as, oh, he's so cool, he's so good, he's so clean, uh, he's, he's, he's wear, he wears nice suits all the time, and oh, he must just live a perfect life, and he's so clean. And, and, and you know, there's, there's inspections that I have to do of my own life. There's... There's things that I need to look at on the inside and say, God, would you clean this part of my life? And these last two weeks have been, as um, a lot of you know, the, the Aaron Stern, our pastor, and his, his story, and he lost his baby, and, and that grieving that he's going through. We've given him, he hasn't been in the offices in a couple of weeks, I think two weeks, and we're going to give him this week off too and hopefully send him on the vacation um, that we raised the money for. And... Um, and so he's been out, and so there's just been a lot of extra stuff to do and, and keeping up with our boss being gone. And, and uh, yesterday was, uh, I did my very first marriage ceremony as a pastor. It was really cool to do that. And, and, and just doing the fr- Sunday school and Friday night show every week is just a lot of, a lot of stress, you know. And, and, there's, and I've looked back over these last two weeks and thought, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to, to do a, a deep prayer time and, and extended prayer time and and to do a deep inspection of myself and to say, God, would you clean out some areas that have gotten in there? Can you, can you clean me from the inside out? And so, and so I want you to know that next week when, uh, when Evan Martin is teaching in here, my wife and I, we're going to go into the mountains and, and kind of have just a retreat of ourselves. And, and we're going to read the Bible and pray and listen to worship music as we drive to and from. And it'll be a time of rest and, and inner looking at our, at our lives and and I think those times are so valuable. And I think in my own personal life, I want to tell you just quickly a testament, my testimony before we end is that I was really always the good kid growing up. Um, still to this day, I've never tried drugs. Still to this day, um, I've never gotten drunk. Still to this day, I've never smoked anything. Not even a little cigarette or a little, a little puff of a cigar, nothing. I've never smoked anything. Um, I didn't have sex before I got married. Uh, people saw me as the good kid. Even before I was a Christian, I wasn't a Christian until later in high school. And even I remember in middle school sitting in the back with some bad kids in, uh, in middle school, and one of them had, had stolen his dad's chewing tobacco. And at lunchtime, they were going to go um, out behind the creek and chew the chewing tobacco and probably get sick because uh, <laughs> they didn't know how to spit. Uh, uh, and I remember kind of, kind of like sticking my head in there, and as those kids were talking about going at lunchtime to the creek to to go do the chewing tobacco, and one of them turned and looked at me and said, "Joe, you don't you don't want to come with us. You're a goody two shoes. You're, you, you know, you, this isn't your kind of thing. This is just for the bad kids, right?" And I was just like, "Dang it!" 
I, I kind of wanted to be a bad kid at that point, you know, to be, um, to be in, you know, in middle school, you're searching for yourself, and, and, and the kids saw me as the good kid and didn't invite me to go chew tobacco with them, um, <laughs> which I see now as a perfectly good thing, but uh, at the time, I did, almost didn't even want to be the good kid. I wasn't a Christian back then, and uh, when I went to high school, I started kind of hanging around with some kids that uh, they call themselves the straight edge group. Do you, you have some of the straight edge group in your uh, the straight edge? Um, I think we have a picture. There's this symbol that they would take on their hand. Have you seen that symbol before? That That's a legitimate tattoo. Someone really straight edge, like got a tattoo X on their hand. Uh, but some of the high school kids I hung out with r- did a marker on their hand. And what that symbolized, if you've never seen that before, is is the people that they go to clubs and they go to the, the hardcore uh, parties, the hardcore like bands and punk bands. And they go to all these things, but they abstain from drugs. They don't do drugs. They don't do alcohol. They don't have sex. They don't uh, uh, try smoking. Their, and a lot of them were even um, vegetarians or vegans trying to live a very pure life. Um, none of them were Christians. And yet they took the symbol of, of I'm abstaining from some of these bad things to be good, taking the symbol, the outside symbol that, that I'm good, that, that it's okay to, to go to these things and still live a clean and good life. And... Um, you know, a testimony is what is what is the testament of what God does inside of you. And so sometimes I feel almost embarrassed that that my testimony, my story of what God did in me, wasn't from like a drug dealer in prison to a Christian. Um, I talk, I was just talking to a guy on Friday that 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 was in. He's a 24/7er now. I won't I won't mention his name. He'll be he'd be embarrassed. Embarrassed. But uh, he said he was he he kind of came to know Christ in prison. And I said, you were in jail? And he said, no, prison. <laughs> and, and then I said, and I kind of leaned in and said, well, what'd you do? And he said, what time? <laughs> that he'd been in and out of prison and lived a really hard and bad life. And then in prison kind of got, um, someone told him about Jesus. And it was when he got out of prison, just finding Jesus on his own is what he kind of, he said, and began to read his Bible and, and his mom would pray for him. And his testimony is just an amazing side from, from darkness to light. And my story at least on the outside, is the appearance of, oh, I was just good, growing up all my life, never smoked, never did drugs, never got drunk, blah, blah, blah. It was so good with my life. And yet I was still need in need of being saved. And I think so many of us have a testimony like that. I just want to tell you, don't be embarrassed of that story that, that maybe you lived an okay church life, but it wasn't until later on that you realized that Jesus needs to save you from your sins. Because I went to a youth group, and, and the pastor was just told very simply that you need to have a relationship with Jesus and he'll clean you from the inside out. No matter how good you think you are, there's still sin in your life. And and so it was that simple sermon that I realized maybe I'm a good kid, but I'm not good enough to have salvation on my own. I can't clean myself up enough spiritually that I need Jesus inside of me to clean me from the inside out because that's how Jesus works from the inside out. And, um, And I allowed him to do that in high school. I became a Christian in high school, and I remember people like my family recognizing the difference inside of me that I would get into a little fit with my younger brother, like you know, older brothers are supposed to beat up their younger brothers. It's just how it happens, um, and sisters, and uh, getting into, getting into as a teenager, getting into arguments with my mom, and then and then just holding a grudge and just kind of being like for weeks with my mom or my dad, or, or getting into fights with my brother. And after I became a Christian, I realized. There was a conviction inside of me, the Holy Spirit conviction from the inside out 
that after those kind of fights or tiffs with my family, or, or I, would, I would go to them and apologize, which I had never done before. And I'm sorry I lost my temper. Or I'd tell my brother, you know, I'm sorry I, I, I beat you up because you wouldn't give me the candy. <laughs> you know, uh, there's random things that we beat each other up for. Um, and they saw that difference. They saw that, that I was being changed from the inside out. And so if you're in the boat of, uh, of kind of wavering on the side of, do I need Jesus inside of me or do I need to get cleaned up and start coming around church and then ask Jesus inside of me to, to commit to Christianity? I would, say, I would say commit to Jesus because you can't get clean on your own. It's, it's Jesus from the inside out cleaning you. And, and if you're in the, a similar boat as maybe I am and ne- spending next weekend of, of just doing a self-inspection of your own heart and your own ways around this, this time of the Resurrection Sunday that we that we inspect ourselves and say, God, I can't clean this area of my life, um, but would you come into my life and clean it? Because you are the God that cleans us from the inside out. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we welcome you into, into our insides, into our spiritual beings. Each one of us have a, a, a spirit inside of us. And so, God, we invite you to be the, the cleaner of our insides, to, to spiritually restore us, clean us, that this time of the Resurrection Sunday might be a time of birth, might be a time of newness, might be a time of clean, cleanness. But that cleanness and that rebirth and that newness would come from the inside out, not simply putting on Easter Sunday best clothes or not simply cleaning our house or, or feeling clean or even cleaning our car, that, that, that none of those things really matter. It's the inside that matters, our spiritual cleanness before you. And that can only come before, by you, Jesus, shedding your blood on the cross, that the remission and forgiveness of sins, that you can take care of that, that we can't take care of that for ourselves. We can't get clean enough, do enough good things to be clean. But it's you cleaning us because it's from the inside out. And so, God, we take a moment just to praise you for that, that we are clean in your sight because of what you've done on the cross. And God, we leave here overjoyed and filled with your power and your spirit because you have truly cleaned us, God. And we welcome that. So we praise you and thank you, Jesus. And everybody screamed. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Next week, Evan Martin will be right here teaching you about the Resurrection Sunday. Peace out.